Welcome back to Devori Darkens Live. And in today's show, which is episode number 127, um, we're here. And it's another great day. And I am just so excited for us here. Now, listen, if you want to become a better leader, what exactly are you going to have to do? Right. What exactly are you going to have to do? Right. That is the question that we get quite often. If you're going to be a person that everybody wants to follow. Right. If you want to be a person that everybody wants to follow. OK, you're going to have to become a better leader. If you want to be a person that can influence people in a positive way, you're going to have to become a better leader. If you want to be able to work with people and really achieve success, there's always a great leader behind that. A family needs one. Uh, people at your job need one, right? The business needs one. You need one. You need a leader in your life, and that starts with you. So if you're wondering how do you or how will this episode today really help you get what you want, well, this is in alignment with investing in yourself. Right. In order to have the things you want, you must become that person. Part of that is leadership. So we're going to get into what I call the five habits of an exceptional leader. OK, so I know you don't want to be a mediocre one, obviously. <laughs> you want to be an exceptional leader, right? That's what you want. And we're going to show you exactly how to do that today. Now, you know where we like to start. If you're going to become a exceptional leader, right? If you want to become an exceptional leader, you got to be living your purpose in life. You got to have a purpose behind why you would want to become someone like that. That's why I created the Purpose Finder Cheat Sheet, which you can download in the link in my bio. It's a cheat sheet that will help you discover your life purpose. Very easy to follow. Comes with a free training video to walk you through it visually. Uh, but that's the cheat sheet that you can use to to discover your purpose. Now, you got your purpose. Maybe you know what your goals are. You know what type of leader you want to be, but you don't have a plan. You're still confused, right? You got a lot of information and no action. Well, that's why I created the Blueprint Method course. This is a course that will help you take everything that you want and create a very clear plan. So you're going to know exactly what you want. You're going to know exactly who you need to be. And you're going to know exactly what you should be doing to achieve whatever it is that you want. That's why I call it the blueprint. It's a blueprint for getting what you want. And lastly, if you're a person who is really resonating with the need for accountability and mentorship, then I definitely invite you to schedule a life audit call. All of those links are in the bio, by the way. So what are the five habits of an exceptional leader? Let's go through them. Number one, increase. This means that the leader always leaves people better off than they will find them. Number two, communication. Leaders know when to listen and they know when to speak and they know how to ask questions. They know how to communicate. Number three, attitude. One thing about all great leaders, they have a great attitude. Okay. They have an exceptional attitude, really. 
Number four, they are an intelligent follower. They know when to step back and let someone else lead. And number five, they make quick decisions, which is going to be my favorite one, by the way. So I'm going to spend a lot of time on the decision one. But we're going to go back through them one by one. Um, and we're going to get into those today. So I'm talking about you, okay? This show is about you. Those five things, if you were to develop those habits, you're going to become one of the most valuable people in your life. All Out of all the people you know, you, you will be up there. So let's start here. Let's start here. No one really taught me about leadership when I was a child, of course. Um, I didn't really learn leadership until I joined the military. Now, the military has this long description on what leadership is and the Army values, the acronym of the Army values is leadership, L-D-R-S-H-I-P. And um, so, you know, leadership is obviously throughout everything that they talk about in the military. So I definitely have had an extensive list of leadership training. <laughs> and I could tell you, it's not as hard as it may come off. It's not as complicated as it may seem. See, what I one of the first lessons in the military I learned was you can only you, you will be a leader regardless. There's no way to avoid being a leader. So it doesn't matter if you're an introvert, you're an extrovert. That has nothing to do with it. You will be a leader if you turn 18 years old. You will be a leader in your life. Well, you get to decide from the out, outcome or from, from the uh, jump, you get to decide from the jump what type of leader you want to be. Now, no, most people, you know, they're not giving any thought to that, right? They're just trying to live their lives. So why would they want to think about what type of leader they want to become? Well, again, what's the title of today's show? The Five Habits of an Exceptional Leader. It would probably be someone who aspires to become the best version of themselves. That's why they would think about this. Anyways, the type of, you're only going to be uh, one of two types of leaders. Number one, you will be a leader that teaches people what not to do. And two, you'll be a leader who teaches people what to do. You get to decide what type of leader you're going to become. Now, we have leaders that uh, we definitely have a, you know, uh, some time with. You, yourself, maybe you work with these two type of leaders before, you know, you've had someone who was very toxic, right? Very uh, micromanaging. Um, and then you had someone who lets you do your job, right? And they let you lead at times. Well, I think everybody's probably had at least partial of those experiences from someone in their life, whether it was their parents or their, uh, their teachers, their, again, their coworkers, their managers, whatever the case might be. We have come into contact with these types of leaders in the past. The question from the beginning is, what exactly type of leader do you want to be? Well, you know, this is something that I started to become aware of when I was in the military, going through all the training. It just really came down to, okay, what type of leader do I choose to be? Am I the leader that I would follow or am I becoming the leader that nobody wants to follow? And depending on the type of leader I become will depend on the lives of my soldiers, right? Or, you know, this was in the military. So, I mean, a lot of the thinking in the military is always behind life and death. You don't want to leave a fallen comrade. You don't want to 
uh, get people killed because you're not being the soldier you're supposed to be. Because that's exactly what happens. So anyways, uh, that's the first thing I started to learn. You got to choose what type of leader you want to be. And I, act I actually had two types of leaders that were polar opposite. I remember having one commander. This was the type of person who he knew what your name was. And he's in charge of over 300 soldiers, by the way. He knew, the he knew your name, your full name, by the way. Uh, he knew what your job was. Um, and he knew who you were serving under, so who you, what squad you were in. And um, he knew if you were doing the right thing. Like, somehow he had this ability to make sure that he was paying attention to what every soldier in his unit was doing, whether it was good or bad. And uh, so when he would see you, um, instead of, you know, some of you guys have never been in the military, but obviously when an officer walks into the room, everybody is supposed to freeze. <laughs> I'll just put it to you that way. But he was a person that, yeah, you would freeze, but then he would talk to you like you were a regular human being, you know, like he knew you, like you guys grew up together or something like that, or like he was your uncle, so to speak. And um, if you were messing up, he'd let you know. Anyways, this is the type of leader everybody wants to be around because you know you're going to become the best version of yourself. You know you're going to get what you want. But then there was a leader I used to have where they only cared about the numbers. A lot of you guys are experiencing this right now. You work in a job and all they care about is numbers. They don't care about you. They just want to make sure that their quotas are met. You know, and there's people like that in the military. They don't really care that much about soldiers. They care more about getting promoted and making sure politically the numbers are adding up. Well, again, you get to decide the type of leader you want to be. And it's easy to probably see this in your career. And it may be hard to see this in your own home because sometimes we could be a terrible leader at home and be a great leader at work. So you really got to look at the different areas of your life. You really do. Um, you know, there's this thing about how once someone puts on their uniform to go to work, they become an entirely different person. Then when they take it off, when they get home, they're back to being who they really are, right? We want to be thorough, right? We want to definitely be congruent with the type of leader we want to become in the different areas of our lives. So that's something I started to pick up on as well. And I'm naturally an introvert. I don't go into rooms seeking conversations. Um, but that doesn't mean I don't have great conversations with people. You know, I know when to really take the initiative and lead and then when I need to just sit back and just listen right so if you're an introvert your job is not to become an extrovert your job is to balance the two okay know when to actually talk and then when to listen you know and guess what it's the same thing for the extrovert they need to balance out being introverted at times they need to listen <laughs> well introverts don't have a problem listening usually extroverts have a problem listening <laughs> see it's you know 
it's the same thing, right? The opposite of the same coin. Well, anyways, I learned as becoming a better leader uh, from the military, you have to take the initiative. You have to really, um, you have to ask questions. Um, and again, if you're not learning this, why would you expect yourself to know this? You probably wouldn't. You know, this is something that usually if you're an executive, probably definitely if you're in the military, I'm not too sure about law enforcement, but you know, this is not really taught in high school, but it should be, it should be because the best question is not what college is the person going to go to. The best question is who are they looking to become? What type of leader do they want to be? Right. And that should really dictate the direction we should be going. But I digress. I, um, I was fortunate to learn that. So for me, leadership is, has been um, more of an easy thing for me because I've been doing it since I was in high school. I was in ROTC. And uh, so I've, I've seen a lot, and I can tell you it's not complicated. It really comes down to that first question. What type of leader do you really want to become? Are you the leader your children deserve? Are you the leader that people would want to follow? Right? Uh, those are two powerful questions. You know? Um, I imagine that people don't want to be a terrible leader. But those are individuals who are controlled by their paradigm. They're not thinking for themselves. But I like to think you are. And so you really want to know... How do you become an exceptional leader? Well, we're going to get into the five habits here. But first, let's address this. So what is the problem? Meaning the problem that might be standing in your way, the problem that you may not even know is there. Well, let's talk about it. What really holds people back from becoming exceptional leaders? It's quite a few things, but I'm going to simplify it as much as I can. Number one is just straight up ignorance. A lot of people think they must force people to, to do things in order to get things done. There are people who genuinely believe that. They think they have, to manip they have to manipulate, they have to force, you know, use whatever word you want to get things done. It's quite fascinating. You don't have to do that, obviously. But force negates. So these individuals, they try to use force in their leadership. Uh, and that really holds them back from becoming exceptional leaders. They become bad leaders, toxic leaders, because they're trying to force people to do things. Now you got to ask yourself, are you trying to force your children? Are you trying to force your partner? Are you trying to force people to do things? That's a very toxic way of living your life, by the way. You don't need to force anybody to do anything. If you do one of these habits that I'm talking about, you won't need to force. People will just want to do it. But this is a quick way to get people to not follow you and to alienate people is to try to force them to do things or use manipulation. That isn't going to work. 
that isn't going to work. And listen, even if it works short term, because there are individuals that are really easy or they're really great at manipulating people. But that's not a sustainable way to live, meaning sooner or later, you're going to pay the price for that. Right. And you know how that price comes? It comes with the regret how people feel about you. And it it takes a while, you know, you could be manipulating people for 20 years, but usually sooner or later, the people start to catch on and you're known as a person who manipulates people. That's how you will be remembered. Well, I'm sure that's not how you really want to be remembered. Um, that's why I said, it goes back to the question, what type of leader do you want to become? A leader who teaches people what not to do or a leader who teaches people what to do. Right? Anyways, the problem is just ignorance, just not understanding that you don't need to force people to do anything. If you develop the five habits that we're going to go through in a bit here, you will not need to force people to do anything. They will want to do it. They will want to do it. Now, we talk a lot about the universal laws on this podcast. There are laws that govern this universe. There are natural laws, like uh, nature laws, like law of gravity. And then there are these universal laws, the law of cause and effect. So for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. What you give is what you receive, right? That happens for everyone, everywhere, no matter what. You could be poor, you could be rich. The law of cause and effect is still going to work, is still, is still going to govern you no matter what. Whether you agree with it, disagree with it, whether you understand it, doesn't matter. Just like gravity. Most people still don't understand gravity. But they benefit from it. Well, the, one of the things that holds people back from becoming a great leader is just what they put out. They put out a lot of, it's about me. I'm just trying to get mine. And when you approach things like that as a leader, like you just want to get yours. Again, what you put out is what you get back. So you're not going to attract people, okay, that are not in harmony with that. Like they will be. You'll, you'll attract people who think the same way. Um, this is the way that it works. Now, some of you guys may be thinking, well... I consider myself to be a great leader, and I still have people that take advantage of me. Yeah, I mean, listen, if you're working at a job where you didn't decide who works there, obviously you'll be surrounded by a couple of people who probably don't think the way that you do about leadership. So that's not a you thing. What you have to understand is this. You got to really step into this idea that you can become an exceptional leader. That you can become a person that when people think of you, they're like, that's a person I follow. That's a person I'll listen to. And not a person where people think, oh, I, I don't want to listen to that person. Right? And it's not about what other people think. It's just, again, you want to live a successful life, obviously. You want to be able to manifest better things in your life. Well, people will always be a part of that equation. 
and how you make people feel, that's everything. That, that's everything. So this takes us to what exactly? So what is the solution? What should you be doing? What are the steps that you should be taking? Well, let's talk about it. What are the five habits of an exceptional leader? I went over them, so let's go back over them again. Number one is increase. They leave people better off than they find them. Number two is communication. They know how to listen, they know when to talk, and they know when to ask questions. They know how to get the right information. Okay, number three, attitude. These are not people who walk in the office and deflate everybody's energy. They walk in the office and they pick up everybody's energy, right? They empower people. Number four is they are an intelligent follower. They know when to step back and let other people lead. And number five, they make quick decisions. They're not sitting there procrastinating. Nobody would want to follow someone who cannot make a decision. They make decisions quickly. And sometimes they make decisions that nobody likes, right? But you know they're doing the right thing. Decisions have to be made, right? So when we say, let, let's go back over them one by one, the impression of increase, leaving people better off than you find them. Well, it's very simple. How do you make people feel after coming into contact with them? You make them feel awkward. Do you make them feel upset? Do you make them feel weird? You know, and again, who thinks like this? Who thinks like this? Only people who are truly aspiring to become not only the best version of themselves, but they really aspire to impact people in a big way. Only people like that would be thinking this way. Average people are not going to be on the couch thinking, man, how can I, how can I become a person that when I walk in a room, people are like, yeah, so-and-so is here. They're not thinking that way. So I'm of the belief you should. You only get one life. You might as well become the best version of yourself. I'm sure you want more positive people in your life. I'm sure you want to teach your children how to lead. So you got to be an example. Well, you got to leave people better off than you find them. You have to make sure that when they come into contact with you, they feel better because they were speaking with you. It's really that simple. It really is. Now, you could do this in the form of compliments that are very genuine and detailed to the individual. Uh, you can do it in the form of encouraging them to go after what they really want. It doesn't really take that much. Saying the words thank you, showing gratitude. Um, most people don't hear thank you very often, by the way. It's not common. Just sit back and observe it in a 24-hour period. How often should you really hear a thank you? You don't. <laughs> you know? Now, the way that I was raised, I was raised to always open the door for people. So if someone's right behind me, I'll let them go in first. You'd be shocked at how many people don't say thank you. You, you really would. It's quite fascinating. <laughs> well, anyways. Um, I, I want to make sure. It doesn't matter what it is. A stranger, my friend, my family member. I want to leave the conversation with them empowered. 
encouraged, inspired to go out there and do whatever it is that they want to do. There's no better feeling, actually. You know, if you want to talk about a purpose-driven life and truly experiencing fulfillment, this is one of the ways to do it. If you're always leaving people better off than you find them, you're going to feel amazing about you. Because that right there, ladies and gentlemen, that's unconditional love. That's who we really are. That's why it feels so good. And because most people live a life where they rarely feel good about anything, they're actually scared of that feeling. They really don't go out of their way to seek that type of emotion. They don't want to feel that good because they're used to feeling miserable. People can become comfortable feeling bad about their life. So for some people, as simple as this may sound, as basic as it is, some people truly still don't value this. They're not really seeking that type of emotion. So that's the first thing. You want to leave people better off than you found them. That's increased. Number two is communication. Now, this is one of my favorite ones because, again, I'm, I'm sharing this from the perspective of an introvert. So you know if you follow what I'm saying, it's going to work. See, if you're naturally an extrovert, your only thing that you truly got to work on is listening and asking questions. Everything else, you already got it covered. So this is really a great point for not only introverts, but extroverts as well. See, communication really comes down to one single purpose. The whole point of communication is helping each other get what they want. That's what it is. When you're communicating with somebody, you're trying to get what you want, and they're trying to get what they want. That's what it is. And it could be anything. It could be peace of mind. It could be a good laugh, right? It could be entertainment. They want to be entertained. Um, then you could get into things like, you know, they want to pay for this. They want to go get this. They want to do that. Communication is just how can each how can we both get what we want that's really what's going on and most people again they don't think that way most people are out for themselves because they've never been taught otherwise that's just what they know it's not even that they intentionally want to make everything about themselves i don't really believe that i just think people they are ignorant they don't know what they don't know and the mistake we make sometimes is we believe everybody should think like us but that's never going to happen. We all think differently in some way. So anyways, communication. Uh, communication's everything. So one of the cool things about becoming an exceptional leader is they know how to ask questions. And I learned this in the military, by the way. When I say questions, I'm talking about who, where, when, why, how, those type of questions. Now, why would an exceptional leader speak this way in a conversation? Because they know that the only way they're going to get the real answers out of the, other, out of the other individual is by asking questions like that. You see, if you were to go up to somebody today and ask them, hey, what is your goal for this year? They're going to start trying to tell you this entire story that's confusing, that is very broad and vague, 
they're not going to tell you what the goal is. So then what do you do? You say, listen, what exactly is your goal? When do you want to achieve your goal? Why do you want to achieve your goal? How do you think you're going to be able to do that? You see the difference in the conversation? When you ask questions like that, it's easier for you to get the information out of the person because, again, we don't all communicate the same way. Some people have a hard time saying exactly what they're thinking. So they're thinking the right stuff. They've got the answer that you have asked them. You asked them a good question. They've got the answer in their mind. They're just not really great at communicating the answer all the time. That's why who, where, when, why, what, how questions are very important because it helps the, the individual communicate with you more effectively and then it helps you understand what they mean, right? How many times have somebody said something in, in a conversation and then, you know, five minutes in, they're like, wait, wait a minute, that's not what I meant. I, I actually meant this, right? So we wanna ask who, where, when, why, how questions. Exceptional leaders, really great at that. Like, you know, when someone runs up to a leader and there's a problem and they're like, oh my God, this is happening and this is happening and this is happening. A great leader says, okay, hold on. What happened exactly? Who actually did that? When did that happen? Where did it happen? Right? They're getting the right information. It also is a way to master your self-control. So instead of reacting emotionally when someone else is out of control, you stay in control of yourself by just asking questions like that. Instead of reacting to the statements, you want to get the facts. Well, if you're going to get the facts, you got to ask who, where, when, why, what, how questions. Not oh, she did that, she did this, you know, whatever, this happened. You know, people are just reacting. You cannot listen to that. You got to ask them the, the right questions. And this cannot only happen when someone is obviously communicating with a leader about something that's going wrong, but this also happens in our relationships where there is something wrong and the person doesn't know how to communicate it. Okay, I know you're upset, but why exactly? Okay, why are you thinking that way? What made you believe that? Where did you get that from? How do you see it? See, questions like that, it helps you communicate. Especially when people are emotional, they are either they're upset. It's very important to ask questions like that. I learned that in the military because that's the only way they communicate. <laughs> the, the military only communicates that way. What, where, when, why, how. That's it. There is no other way. Hey, who are we talking to? What are we talking about? Why are we talking about this? Okay. Where is this happening? When is it happening? How is it happening? And that's all the entire form of communication is through those key points. Who, where, when, where, why. So I had to spend a good amount of time on that because I'm telling you, if you are running into issues where you're having a hard time communicating with people, you got to start asking questions instead of just assuming what they say or, you know, 
trying to um, translate what they're saying. You, you've got to ask questions like that. You really do. And again, that makes sure that you don't get confused. That also helps the other person know how to communicate with you. Well, this other thing about communication is knowing how to listen. See, if you start asking questions, that helps you do what? Listen. So if you are a person where you have a hard time listening, if you want to develop your way of becoming a better listener, you have to ask questions. That's why I went over the questions stuff first. So you know what questions to ask. Well, now that you're asking those questions, the next thing you got to do is just shut up and listen. Because you're trying to get the actual information of what they're saying. Most people, are they're not patient on this. They don't care. They don't see the value in this. The value is you're going to not have to deal with a lot of conflict. You see, if people would just listen more, that would take care of most of the miscommunication and conflicts that are out there. But most people, they, they won't even listen for two seconds. That's why I said if you're an extrovert, the best thing that you can do for yourself is just start practicing listening to people. It may seem awkward in the beginning, but you'll find it's an amazing, perfect mix. So you could still talk like you normally would, but then you're going to make sure you make some time to shut up and listen. Like if you just do that, your conversations would be even more uh, intriguing. And people will do what? They'll want to speak to you more. They'll open up to you. Like if your children's not telling you anything, it's because you don't listen. You, you think they don't listen, you don't listen. That's the problem. <laughs> you're, you're not listening enough to really figure out what's going on with your child. You're, you're trying to think you know the answer one second, but as a coach that I've been for five years and asking people questions, the first answer is usually never the actual answer. And there's a lot of times where you think it's something going into the conversation, and in the end, it was something entirely different. So you can't go in there with judgment. That's why asking questions removes judgment. Asking questions removes assuming, right? Assumption is a mother effer, right? We all know that. You don't want to assume. Just because somebody looks upset doesn't mean they're upset at you, right? Just because, you know, again, that's why we ask questions. And that's why you have to listen. Um, and again, you got to know how to speak. You know, you don't want to obviously as a leader, and this, this is why it starts inside. You want to be able to speak in a way that really helps people move forward. Here's what we're going to do. Here's why we're going to do this. It goes back to those how questions. What are we going to do? When are we going to do it? Why are we going to do it? Here's how we're going to do it. And people are going to be like, well, even though I don't want to do this, at least you made it easy for me to understand. See, it's one thing to be told what to do and then not even understand it. That is the biggest frustration of a follower. Right? So put yourself in the position of your children. Put yourself in the position of the people you work with. Put yourself in the position of people who work for you or your partner. If you're not clear on what you're saying, why do you expect that they understand what you said? 
right? Again, the way you communicate is different than the way they communicate. You see, let me give you guys a great example. This is a fascinating idea right here. So let's say, and, and it doesn't matter if you're an entrepreneur, okay? So if you're a business owner, you're an entrepreneur, or you work for somebody, this example is for everyone. Let's say you have to go into the office and meet with the entire team. It doesn't matter if it's just three people, five people, 20 people. You guys are going to meet in an office, okay? And you can even use your family. You're going to meet at your family's home, right? Maybe maybe you're not working right now. You can use that example. Your entire family is going to come and you guys are going to have a meeting. Well, before the meeting kicks off, you walk in there with a box of donuts. Uh, you were just craving donuts and you thought it'd be nice to bring some donuts to the, to the meeting. And so you brought the donuts to the meeting. And, um, you know, one person sees you with the donuts and you're like, yeah, you know, I brought these donuts to the meeting. And that person literally will sit there in their mind and react and say, well, those donuts are not probably for me because no one actually told me they were for me. I'm trying to get you guys to see that people do not receive information the same way you receive it. Let's go a step further. There's a person who sees the donuts as well, and they're like, oh, yeah, I love donuts. Thank you for bringing these. Right? So you have two different people with two different perceptions. Now, you may be thinking, duh, the person brought donuts to the meeting. It's for everybody. How do you know that to be true, though? Right. I, you know, again, we don't assume. Right. But that's how some people think they're, they're thinking, well, um, I don't know if they're for me. They really do think that. That's why you have to be very good with your communication. That's the one thing I learned in the military. You cannot leave anything to chance. You got to speak as if you're in the sixth grade. You know, I mean, it's a silly example, but it's true. It's just like if you were eating the donuts and. Um, you know, your assistant was like, oh, those donuts really smell good. And you, and then your way of communicating, you picked that up as she wants donuts. But she may not even want donuts. She just said that they smell good. That doesn't mean she wants them. Right? Um, these are silly examples, but this is exactly what happens. We assume people see things the way we see them, and they never do. That's why we have to learn how to ask questions. And we also have to learn how to communicate, meaning we have to learn how to structure things in a conversation where someone's going to understand what you're saying. Why do you guys think I structure my podcast the way that I do? To help people understand what we're talking about, right? We start off by telling you what this show is going to be all about. I tell you exactly what steps you can take in the very beginning if you need help. Then I tell you a story. Then I tell you exactly what the problem is. Then I go over the solution and I usually give you some steps at the end to apply it. And then I answer your questions. It's a very simple way to run a podcast. Now, again, I, I don't expect people to know that because, you know, I get that from the military. But um, the, the, the fact of the matter of, is this. It's very important. It's very important that you learn how to ask questions and also how to communicate 
in the same way. So, for example, you may be a person. And why am I spending so much time on this? Because I'm telling you, if you don't practice this stuff, constant miscommunication is going to happen. So here's the other thing. You have to be very self-aware of the type of listener you are. How do you receive communication? Now, I was in the military for 13 years. The way I receive communication is direct. So if you are an individual who says, Devori, I need you to do this at this time, at this location. Here's why we're doing it. Here you go. I will execute like that. But if you're vague and you don't give me a deadline, if you don't tell me, hey, I need you to do exactly this by this date, if you don't give me that information, my mind will still hear what you're saying, but it won't act. I'm self-aware to know that. So I, I tell my wife, hey, if you really need me to do something, you have to be very direct with me. You can't say it in a joking manner. You can't beat around the bush. You can't be vague about it or broad. Just tell me exactly what to do. Boom, 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 boom. Now that's coming from the military. There are other individuals of the polar opposite. You don't have to be very detailed with them. You, they, you could just make a comment and they know, oh yeah, that means I need to do this. All right, let me go ahead and do it. So we have to understand, we have to be self-aware of how we receive communication. And we have to communicate to people around us, hey, this is the best way to communicate with me. If you want me to do something, you have to be very direct. Uh, I'm telling you, this saves out on a lot of miscommunication. A lot of it. I'm telling you, the mistake is we think people communicate the same way we do. They don't. Not only do people, they, they don't even speak the same way you do. They don't use words in the same way that you do. They have different meanings and perceptions of the language. And they receive it differently. So, again, you cannot assume. That's why going back to asking questions is very important. And if you want to become an exceptional leader, you have to take into consideration that you're talking to a different person every single time. That's why asking who, where, when, why, what, and how questions helps you make sure that you understand everybody, no matter where they're coming from. And also, you communicate that way. Now, you don't sound like a robot. Hey, here's who I'm going to talk about. You just understand you want to make sure that you cover those principles. Hey, Here's who I am talking about, okay? Here's why. Here's what's really going on, right? You, you want to be very clear, simple, and a little bit structured. And you guys already are doing this, especially if you have younger children, right? You find yourself having to be like, hey, wait a minute. I probably wasn't clear with my son or daughter. Let me be clear next time. Hey, here's what I meant, you know, A, B, C. But we, we tend to forget that as adults, you know, with ourselves, uh, we want to keep that up. Now, third thing is attitude. No one will ever follow a person who has a negative attitude. You won't get nothing out of yourself, and you definitely won't get nothing out of other people if you have a negative attitude. That's just bottom line. Now, what is an attitude? An attitude is your thoughts, your feelings, and your actions. So if you're thinking negatively, and you feel negatively, and your body language is negative, you have a negative attitude. For example, if you were talking to, let's say, your friend and you said something they felt was rude, what happens? They're in a negative attitude, right? They're thinking negatively about what you said. They didn't like it. They feel upset about it. And, how, and now look at their body language. What is their behavior, right? 
So that's an example of a negative attitude. A positive attitude is just the polar opposite. You're thinking positive about your life, about yourself, what you're doing. You feel that way. You're upbeat. Your body language is different. You have a positive attitude. Well, most people don't really have great attitudes. One, they were never taught attitude. And two, most people are what? They're just slave to society, right? They're in a job they do not love. Uh, a lot of people are in relationships they have no business being in. A lot of them are just wasting their money and their time. And they generally have negative attitudes. Well, you you got to change that if that's you, of course. But the thing about an exceptional leader, that isn't very often. You won't find them in a negative attitude. If anything, they will walk away. Uh, they will clear their mind. But they, they will do whatever they can to make sure that you don't see them uh, with a negative attitude. Now, this is great in relationships, especially if you're parents. Uh, especially if you're in, you know, you're part of the leadership. There's a team of you guys. Um, this is, this is very important because you don't want people to look at you. And then when they look at you, they only think, oh, this person, usually they look upset. And if you look upset, what does that tell people that tells people to not approach you? That that's what it says. So you want to make sure that you have a positive attitude. All right. Number four, intelligent follower. Now, this is really good because this is another lesson from the military. Um, I told you, you, you can only be one of two type of leaders, a leader that teaches people what not to do. And a leader that teaches people what to do. The leaders who are teaching people what not to do, these are toxic people. These are individuals. They do their own thing. They don't listen. Um, they're very stubborn. Well, you obviously wouldn't want to follow somebody like that. Right? You, you wouldn't want to do that. You want to follow the leader that you want to become. A leader who's getting the results that you're getting. Now, this is why I say um, one of the, I guess, if you want to call it a hack, it's not a hack, okay? It's not a secret. But if you want to frame it that way, if it was going to be a shortcut, this would be one of them. If you're aspiring to become the best at what you do, the only thing you really need to do is go to a person who's already that person. Like, go find someone who's already the best at what they do and follow them. Don't follow people who are at your level. Don't follow people who don't have the results you want. That's a huge mistake. Now, we're trained to do it. We've, we are trained to do it. How many, how many teachers, how many preachers, how many professors, how many uh, politicians are trying to tell you what to do but they don't do it themselves. They're trying to tell you what to do, but they don't even have the results. And we grow up and we're trained to listen to these people because that's how it is, right? You, you go to school, you, you got to listen to your teacher. 
You go to church, you got to listen to the pastor. Okay? Hey, your, your aunt, she has a great job. You need to listen to her. Hey, your father, he's worked 40 years at this one job. You need to listen to him. And so we grow up and we just become conditioned to listening to people. Instead of asking ourselves, hmm, who, who is the person that has what I want? Who is that person? And where can I find them? Because that's the person that you should be speaking to. So when it comes to setting goals, you don't need to share it with anybody. I would only be sharing it with people who are where you want to be because they understand what's going on. I would never follow someone who is not where I want to be. Well, it's the same thing I learned in the military. Uh, you don't do what those toxic leaders are doing. It, 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 they are teaching you what not to do. Um, I learned that very early on. And sometimes this is going to take you to a point where you've got to make a big decision for yourself. I had to make a big decision for me. I knew that if I kept serving in the military, eventually I would have to become somebody that um, I don't want to be. Because generally speaking, the leaders who are generals and above, these are people who are controlled by politics, not really by morality. You know, um, and that's not what I wanted to become. Now, good for whoever has accomplished those things. They, we need people like that. But um, again, you're going to be faced with having to make big decisions because of the type of person you're wanting to become, the type of leader you want to be. And sometimes your current job or career isn't going to help you get there. So you got to make a big decision. Well, that's what it's all about when it comes to being an intelligent follower. You got to go where the success is located. You got to go to the person who has what you want. This also means this, making sure that you are allowing people who may be subordinate to you to do certain things that they're better in than you are. All right. So if you have someone who is really great at first impressions and you have a business, let them take care of the first welcome and hellos. Don't be the first person to talk to the customer because that's not your strength. <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, th this is what exceptional leaders figure out. Like they, they'll know, like they'll be like, okay, yeah, it's best so-and-so talks to them and not me, or it's best I talk to this person instead of this person, right? Or even in a, in a family, sometimes your approach is better than mom's approach or mom's approach is better than dad's approach. Exceptional leaders are very aware of this. They know when to be intelligent followers. And number five, like I said, we're going to spend some time on this one. Decision-making. So, where is it at? Hold on. Here he is. I moved my desk around. Chapter 8 in Think and Go Rich, written by Napoleon Hill, is all about decision-making. All about making quick and definite decisions. Quick and definite. Quick means... What it means, quick, 
definite means there's not your this is not in between one foot in one foot out no you're going to see this through to the end right that's definite it's final well that's as simple as it gets that's what exceptional leaders all have in common they make quick and definite decisions they don't wait they don't go ask a bunch of people for their opinions because everybody has an opinion they don't do that now, if they need help in making decisions, you know what they're going to do? They're going to go back to asking who, where, why, what, and how questions. Because they want the facts, not feelings. Right? Because a lot of people will communicate with their feelings and they're not communicating from a place of fact. So, you want to talk about saving money on a leadership course? This is all you need. If you start leaving people better off than you found them, you will always start gaining respect of people and they'll want to open up to you and they will start to listen to you. Okay. That's just, it's inevitable. Everybody wants to feel good. When you are doing that for other people, they're going to respect you. Number two, when you truly transform the way you communicate to understanding how to listen and also understanding how to ask questions, the conversation is going to be much more productive and effective. So you're not going to be in a conversation where you say a bunch of whatever and then nothing ever comes of it, right? Uh, number three is the attitude. What you put out is what you give back. If you always make sure that you are having the best attitude, people are going to respect you. They're going to be empowered by that. There is no other way around it. Number four is being an intelligent follower. You're not going to waste your time trying to listen to people who don't have the results you want. You won't make that mistake. In fact, your success is going to happen quicker because you're going to someone who already has it. And when you know you're weak in something, you will become the intelligent follower and you let someone else lead. This is in our home, in our relationships, at work, in our businesses. That's what it is. And number five, you got to make a decision to be this way in the first place. All exceptional leaders make quick and definite decisions. There's no delay. There's no, I need your opinion. No, this is what we're going to do. And we're going to follow through on it. Like they used to tell us in the military, just make a decision. It's best you make a decision because if you make no decision and you procrastinate, you will get people killed. That's what they used to tell us. Well, when you procrastinate, you're killing your dreams. That's what you're doing. You're a dream killer. Well, obviously, you don't want to be that way. So how do you stop doing that? You got to start practicing making quick and definite decisions. So, for example, some of you guys are still trying to make a decision on what time you're going to wake up in the morning. Just make it already and commit. Some of you guys have made a decision to go back to college but you haven't even reached out to the college. You haven't even applied for financial aid. Make a decision. Do it. Some of you guys say, well, I want to start uploading videos on social media, TikTok and Instagram. You still haven't done it. Make a decision. Do it. Well, you don't understand, Devori. I, I don't have the camera. I don't have this. You don't need any of that. You just need to start doing. See, an exceptional leader, they're not just sitting around. like They make things happen because they make quick decisions.
some of you guys need to make a decision. You know you need accountability, but you're like, you know what? I'll do that as soon as X happens. What are you, what are you waiting on? That's, that's my question, if this is you. My question to you directly here is what are you really waiting on? What are you really waiting on? Why are you acting like you have all the time in the world? You don't. I don't. Nobody does. We don't know when it's going to be our last day. But we're acting like the next 50 years is guaranteed. No, it's not. So if there's something you want, there's something you've been wanting to do, if you're listening right now, you have no excuse. Make a decision today, right now, that you're going to do it. It doesn't matter where, where you are in the process. There's always a next step. you got to make a decision to take the next step. Just make it. Just make it. And you'll thank yourself. So, what are the five habits of highly effective, um, exceptional, successful? You could put any word before the word leader, and it's really going to come down to the same answer. So, what are the five habits of an exceptional leader? Number one is increase. They lead people better off than they find them. Number two is communication. They know how to listen. They know how to ask questions, and they know how to speak in a way that even a 10th grader is going to understand it. Number three, they have an amazing attitude. It's generally optimistic. It's about more what can we do instead of what we can't do, right? They're positive. Number four, they are intelligent followers. They apply this with their weaknesses, where they let people who are stronger than them take the lead, and they also know who to go to to get the results that they want. They go to people who already have them, okay? And number five is decision-making. They make quick and definite decisions. Now, a lot of this stuff is very simple, you know, and you guys have been listening. Everything we talk about, none of it is, you know, brain-numbing or, you know, leave you with a headache. It's really simple stuff. But that's why most people don't do it because, one, it's simple and um, you've been trained to live a complicated life and two this wasn't a conversation when you were a child which would have been the best time to learn it i guess they would rather us learn about you know hexagons and you know the degrees of a corner and what happened in what year versus understanding how to become a better leader. That's why you'll find people who, they're all self-made. Uh, great leaders are not people who went to Harvard, okay? It, it's not an educational thing. Some people naturally already do these habits. They, they, they understand people. Going to college doesn't mean you're going to understand people. You may understand technical information, but the world is made up of people. A company is made up of people. A family is made up of people. And if you start to understand people, then you can go anywhere and get whatever you want. Because if you're going to get the things you want in life, it will involve people. And if you don't know how to communicate, if you don't know how to make a decision, if you don't know how to lead people better off than you found them, 
you're going to limit your ability to make an impact and succeed. Uh, it just is the way that it is. It goes back to those universal laws that we were talking about, the law of cause and effect. If it's all about getting for you, then you're not going to really get much. But if it's about giving, you're going to receive a lot. And then just starts by becoming a better leader. All right. What time is it? Now it's time to answer your questions. If you're on TikTok, Facebook, or YouTube, we're going to be answering your questions right now. All right. Let's see what you guys have to say about this topic on leadership. All right, let's see here. Um, thank you. Very underrated, especially where I work. They want to serve. That's me. How do you work on self-concept of being good enough for a job? I don't have experience for, but qualified. You don't have any experience in it, but you're qualified for it. Um, well, the thing about it, Carolina 778, is you're basically assuming that you're not good enough for the job. Where'd you get that information from? So Carolina underscore 778, where do you get the belief that you're not good enough for a job? Who told you that if you don't have experience, you're not good enough to get the job? Where did you get that information from? Yeah, this is this is the question you want to you want to answer. Carolina underscore seven, seven, eight. Because this is not this is not going to be the first time you try to do this to yourself. So I understand the comments you got from Marissa, but listen, this is what you need to do. You need to ask the question, where are you getting that information from? Because it sounds like this is not the first time you've done this. So where are you getting the belief? Who told you that? Here we go. I guess my mind just made it up. And in the job description, it says it needs experience. Right. Again, how many times do you see something that is written on paper, but it's not true in real life? <laughs> I see that all the time. Now, listen, here's the other thing, guys. This goes back to becoming an intelligent follower. Okay. You should go to someone who hires people and ask them that question. And you know what they're going to tell you? They're going to tell you what I'm going to tell you. Um, I'm not, I don't care what your experience really is. 
um, it's really going to come down to your attitude, your personality. Do I feel you're a fit in our culture? You know, I'll take someone with zero experience, but they are in addition to our culture. They are upbeat. They have a great attitude. I know they're going to be positive. I know they're going to make decisions. Uh, I'd rather hire someone who doesn't know anything. I could just train them the right way. See, you wouldn't know that unless you went to someone who hired people, right? So instead of asking friends or family members, you, you want to, you know what I'm saying? You want to actually go. Like one of the best things to do if you're trying to get a job is why don't you study what the, who the, what the company is, who owns the company, who are they exactly, what do they really care about? See, if you study all that information and when you go into the interview, you reference that. They don't care you don't have experience. They see that you have initiative. You see, you can have a lot of experience. And like I heard Donald Trump say one day, it could be bad experience. And I actually believe that because I seen that in the military. We had plenty of people who were sergeant majors or captains or colonels. They had all the experience on paper, but man, when you spoke to them in person, you couldn't help but think, how did you get here? How did you get promoted? Why did they give you a unit? Like you were, you were just terrible. So you can get all the experience in the world. That doesn't mean you're competent. That doesn't mean you know how to work with other people. That doesn't mean you know how to make things happen. It just means you've been in, you've been doing jobs for quite a bit of time. That, that's all that means. Again, I know people who know more than I do when it comes to the military, or they know more than I do when it comes to coaching, but the results aren't the same. I'm getting better results than they are. Why? Because it doesn't matter what you know. What matters is what you do and what you understand. See, it's about doing things in a certain way. So, you know, you got to question everything. When you start to think negatively about something, question everything. Question yourself. Where am I getting this from? Who told me that? Am I making this up? What facts am I referencing to make this assumption? I deal with this quite often every week. I have some TikTok videos that need to be posted. I'll start listening to them before they get posted. And I'll be having thoughts like, oh, nobody's going to listen to this. Oh, that doesn't make any sense. Nobody's going to like that video. I'm not really saying that. The paradigm is saying that. Okay? Limiting beliefs, negative thinking. That's where that's coming from. So what I do to myself all the time, I'm just like, well, wait a minute. Who told you they wouldn't like this video? If nobody liked my video, then why would I have videos that are over a million views? And then it's like, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, post it. See, you got to stand up for yourself. And it's not standing up for yourself to other people. You got to stand up to yourself when it comes to your limiting beliefs because you didn't create those. Those are coming from the teachers, your parents, the preacher, your family members, all those people that were around you as a child, all their beliefs are in you. So it's not your belief system. And your belief system is going to speak to you in the form of self-talk. It's going to say, you can't do that. You can't do this because it's coming from negative beliefs that you got from your parents and your upbringing. So 
you're going to deal with this throughout your entire life. That's why great leaders, exceptional leaders, they have self-control. They don't allow the negative thinking to take control of them. Okay. They focus on what the truth is. That's why I'm saying if you know the who, where, when, why, what, and how questions, um, it's going to be very easy to maintain control of yourself. So getting back to your comment, um, yeah, there's no facts to support that statement. So you don't even need to think that way. You don't even need to think that way. And you never go in. Listen, this is the other thing about understanding about getting a job. So because it's it's 95% of it is mindset. 5% of it is, did you even bring me a proper resume for me to read? Okay. 95% of it is mindset. We're led to believe that your degrees and experience will get you in the door. Well, it's your mindset that will, that will get you the job. So again, when I owned a restaurant, um, I got applications every single day. And the people who got hired were the people who kept following up and they were persistent. And they wouldn't take no for an answer. So those are the people I want on my team. I want employees who are persistent. I don't care what, what their experience was. I mean, some people, some people, they had no experience, but they had the attitude. So I was like, oh yeah, this is a great hire. And then when we did hire someone, we were like, oh, this person has amazing experience. This should be great. That person had a bad attitude. It impacted our culture because we thought, oh, experience will be the solution. Telling you, man, you can have all the experience you want in the world. That doesn't mean it's good experience. It could be bad experience. You could have a lot of bad habits. So, yeah, it's just about getting the right information. Uh, let's see here. What is the most effective way to be assertive and express clarity to your team? for a common goal, right? So one of the most effective ways to be very clear with your team is to use the who, where, when, why, what, and how um, way of talking. So if you wanna be very clear, you only wanna speak that way. So what I like to do, and if you're listening, I would probably write this down or some way, uh, you might have to type it. I would run things, like if I can go back, I would, I would do exactly what the military has done since the beginning of time. You always start off with why are we here and what are you going to get? Cause if you're having the, if you're hosting a meeting, no one wants to be at the meeting. So you got to sell people in the very first few seconds on why they want to be very engaged. Cause that's the only way they're going to get something out of the meeting. So if you tell people, Hey, we're here today because we're, we are trying to double our revenue in the next three months which is gonna help you guys get that bonus. Okay, you see how I threw that? It's gonna help you get X, right? So I already got their attention. They just heard why they should listen and what they're gonna get out of it. So that's what it is. Now, after you've got their attention and you told them what they're gonna get, 
you get into the problem because you got to keep their attention. What's the problem? What's holding us back? And what does that do? That lets people know that you understand what the problems are. Like if you want someone to truly open up to you, you have to show them that you understand their problem. If they feel you don't understand their problem, they won't listen to you and they won't open up. That's everybody on the team. And um, so you, you give them the problem. Here's what's actually going on. And then you say, hey, here's the solution. Here's what we're going to do. Step one, we're going to do this. Step two, we're going to do that. Step three, we're going to do this. And then after you told them that, you are still clear in the end of like, okay, here's what we talked about. Right? You, you do the simple communication technique. You tell people what you're going to tell them. Then you will tell them. And then you tell them what you told them. So remember, the, in the first few seconds, I'm telling them what they're going to get, right? I'm telling them that, right? And then I get into the problem and the solution, which tells them what I said I was going to tell them. And then I summarize in the end and I say, hey, here's everything that we talked about. Here's what I told you. And then what I like ending everything off with, especially if you're talking about a meeting or a team, you always want to, you always want to end off with action steps, Okay, based on the meeting today, action step number one is Sandy's going to do this over here and she's going to get it done by Wednesday. I'm going to do step two, which is blah, 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 blah. And John, he'll take care of step number three. So then everybody leaves is like, oh, yeah, I'm focused on my thing. She's focused on hers. He's focused on his. Right. There's clarity. And it's the same thing in your home. It's the same thing. This is not just at work, guys. This is in your home, too, in your relationships. Right? Like, okay, hey, step one, this is what we'll do. Step two, then we'll do this. And step three, then, then we'll, do, we'll do that. It gets rid of the anxiety because you know what steps you're taking. So I always want to end off with steps. I don't want to end off by just saying stuff. I want, I want you to apply it. I want you to do something. Right? So I found that to be the most effective way without you having to sound like you're a jerk without you having to be looked at as someone who's trying to tell people what to do, if you approach it from that way, people feel like they're included, right? It's uh, you guys are walking down this path together. Um, I find that trying to be, uh, again, trying to force people, that ain't gonna work. Especially in today's world, people are, they're too aware of that. That just isn't gonna happen. If there's anything that the pandemic taught people is that people don't play games anymore. If you are trying to force people to do things they don't want to do, they'll just walk away. They'll just get another job. So you're not looking to force anything. What you're looking to do is I would structure things in a way that shows people why they're going to be able to get what they want. That's why I said, what is the purpose of communication for both of us to get what we want? So if I'm going to you, if I'm the one initiating the conversation or the meeting, I, in my mind, I got to be like, all right, I need to communicate in a way that gets that other person to see that this is going to help them get what they want. That's why if, if, if it's a meeting, I'm starting off the conversation, telling them what they're going to get. I find that to be the most effective way.
Um, yeah, thanks for writing it out. Yeah. See, the, if we're going to make it very simple, your objective is to be clear as the leader on what do they want. Okay, if you're talking about a team, everybody wants something different. Again, stop assuming everybody thinks like you. They don't. You may want recognition. The other person may not. You may want more money. The other person may not. They may just want recognition. So what do they want? If you, if you know what they want, you'll know exactly what to say. It's hard to know what to say when you don't understand who you're talking to. Right? Let's see here. All right. How can I show my employees that I want the best for them, but I need them for growth? Yeah, I mean, it goes back to what I just said. Uh, GB underscore store. It's the same thing. Um, you've got to understand what your employees want. If you don't know what they want, you'll never really convince them of anything. You won't get their buy-in. It's got to... They've got to feel by associating with you and going along with your plan, they are going to benefit. If they don't see the benefit, why would they buy in? They won't. And the benefit can't be what you think the benefit is. The benefit is what they think the benefit is. This is why you got to ask questions and truly understand who you're working with. It doesn't take that much if you just ask, if you just have those legitimate conversations with your employees about who they are, what they value, what their goals are, you'll get an understanding of what that person wants. Right? So like, for example, at my restaurant, I had a, quite a few people who worked there and their goals were to become nurses. They wanted to go to, go to college and go to nursing school. So I knew I was dealing with someone who was only working there for the extra cash uh, while going to college. So, you know, when it came to communicating, um, it was always about how I could help them get what they want. If they needed a, a resume, if they needed some references, if they needed me to tell the college that they were working or whatever, I would always do it because I wanted them to see that, hey, I'm here to help you get what you want too. Um, that's what it is. It's, it's really that simple. Right. I knew I had people that were, what they really wanted was a structured schedule. So I would, I would give them certain responsibilities that would help me get what I wanted. And in exchange, I made sure that they had a structured schedule. They always knew when they were going to work. See, that's, again, it just comes back to, you got to understand what people want. And make sure that you can deliver on that. If you can, then you'll get what you want every time. Guys, this is so simple and basic, but most people, they definitely don't understand. Because again, we're not taught to think this way. It's just like with your children. Your child will do whatever you tell them to do. But, you know, if they're not, it's because you're not really factoring in what they want. And if your attitude is, well, they shouldn't want anything. Well, why'd you have them in the first place? 
Just because they're a kid, that doesn't mean they're not a human being. They want stuff, just like you want stuff. And, you know, they want something that costs money. Well, just make it in a way where you get what you want. Right? I mean, I think it's really that simple, guys. I just think people are not used to thinking this way. And they may have not had people who raised them this way. So, you know, it it can seem when you hear this like it's complicated or it's hard. But it's not. It's really simple. Uh, one last thing on that comment. Um, yeah, you want, we all want the best for other people, but they have to want it for themselves, which is why you have to invest in empowering your employees. Okay. Let's see. Truly appreciate your time and knowledge. Constantly dropping gems. Who are your role models? That's a great question. Um, Yeah, definitely, I would say the commander I had in the military. Uh, he was still, I think, I believe, one of the best leaders I've ever known. I would say a lot of ways that I communicate is because of him. Um, and then Bob Proctor, who is a primary mentor of mine, he's no longer here, but um, I just love the way that he communicated as well. Um, let's see here. That's true. I guess I didn't think about it. Oh, this is Caroline underscore seven, seven, eight. I'm willing to learn. I want to know I can be good. Well, you're already good. You know, you, that's the attitude you got to have. That's the attitude you have to have. You're already good and you're going to get great. Um, Yeah. Some people have vocals to speak. Some of them don't, but they have mind speaking thoughts. Thanks to Boreal. Apply it. You're welcome. Trying to figure out your purpose is hard when you have skills all over the spectrum. This is Denise Gregory, right? So, um, okay, guys, you guys ready? This is how you supposed to communicate. So Denise Gregory made a statement that I don't agree with. I don't see it that way. So I already know she doesn't see it my way. So what do I want to do? I want to ask questions that helps me truly understand and helps her understand what the truth really is. So my question would be, okay, um, you said trying to figure out your purpose is hard when you have skills all over the spectrum. So my question would be, Denise Gregory, do you know what purpose is? Right? Do you know what it is? Because the statement leads me to believe you don't. And this is not calling you out or making you like you're stupid or something. You're an amazing individual. Um, it's just I want to understand what you're really saying. And I think you may want to understand what you're actually saying. Right? So I'll, this is a question I will always ask people, especially if someone references purpose, especially with me, because I've been studying purpose for the last five years, my number one question first is, do you, what does it mean to you exactly? Because your meaning of purpose might be different than my meaning. 
So that's why you're having the conflict, right? And again, that's why communication is amazing. It's important because we want to help people get what they want. So what's your, what's your answer to that question, Denise Gregory? What does purpose mean to you? What's your definition of it? All right? So like, like right now, as a leader, I don't want to say anything until I get my answer. Because if I start talking and I don't give the person the ability to answer, that means I'm just assuming, right, I could end up misreading what they're saying. Now, we're doing this over text. So obviously, if you're talking to someone, it might be different. All right. So her definition is the thing you're meant or born to do. Okay. All right. So my second question would be, do you know what your purpose is exactly? Do you know what you're meant to do? Now, I would frame that answer that she gave me as the thing you love to do. I think that's what we're meant to do. So now her next answer is, no, I don't know what my purpose is. So because she doesn't know what her purpose is, I can see what the problem really is. The problem is not that she has skills all over the spectrum. Her problem is she just doesn't know what her purpose is. If she knew what her purpose was, she this wouldn't be an issue. Right? So, Denise, download the Purpose Finder cheat sheet in my bio. Okay? It walks you through those steps. So it's just three steps. And it's a little video training where I visually show you how to answer the questions. Um, that will definitely help you. Now... I wanted to do that because I wanted to use it as a as a as a lesson for everybody involved that if if you're a manager, you're a leader or you're aspiring to become a coach, when someone makes a comment or they have a question, don't try to jump ahead to the end. Like ask a question, wait for the answer. Then ask the next question based on that answer. Don't assume stuff because everybody is different. Everybody communicates differently. Everybody uh will say things in a different way and nine times out of 10, they don't even mean it in that way. So you, you got to ask who, where, when, why, what, and how questions. Now, the answer here, Denise, is this. Um, you to, to, to discover your purpose in life, it involves in it. Okay, the way that I teach it, your life purpose is based on three things. Number one, it's based on your skills. What skills do you have? What talents do you have? What gifts do you have? That's one. Number two, what is it that you love to do the most? If money was not the problem, what would you be dedicating your life to every single day? What would you be doing every day? Now, if I didn't have to earn any money and money was taken care of, this is what I'd be doing every day. I'd be, I'd have a podcast. I would travel. I would coach people all over the world, virtually and in person. I would do speaking engagements. That's pretty much it. <laughs> you know, that that's what I would be doing. So the whole purpose behind that obviously is to help people become successful. So that's what I love to do is helping people become successful. That's what I would be doing if money wasn't an issue. When I say helping people become successful, literally coaching them 
on how to become successful. Other people are going to say, I love helping people. What they're saying is, you know, I love creating art that inspires people, or I love writing poems that inspires people, or I love making music that makes people dance, right? Or I love working with younger kids because they need positive role models in their life. You know, everybody has their unique thing that they love. It's not helping people. That obviously is the core of it, but exactly how is that? Is it coaching people? Is it painting? Is it music? Is it teaching? Is it plumbing? Is it electrician? Is it constructing? What is it exactly? Everybody has one. And the third thing is, how do you want to be remembered? See, if you passed away tomorrow and people were going to go speak at your funeral, what would you want people to say the most about you? When you put those three things together, you have yourself something I call a purpose statement. So let's go back over it. Part number one is your skills. You have a lot of skills. The objective is to take those skills and use them to do the thing you love to do. Most people are confused. They have it separate. They don't think what they love to do and skills have any, anything to do with each other. They think they are separate. Well, if you're talking about doing what you love to do, you're going to need skills to do it. So for example, you may love to golf, but if you're not actually talented in golfing, that's not what your life should be about because you're not going to go to the PGA Tour. Now, if you had talent and you were really great at golfing and you loved it, you should absolutely be putting all your time, money, energy into that because you love something and you're great at it and your chances of success is through the roof. You can easily get to the PGA Tour eventually. The problem is we love certain things, but we're not good in them. And in most cases, that's not what you should be focusing on. You should be focusing on taking what you're great at and combining that with what you love to do. I love helping people become successful, like really showing them how to be successful. I use my what? My skills from the military in the way that I teach. I use my listening skills. I'm very gifted at listening to people. So I use that skill. Right? I'm very talented in identifying solutions for people to follow. I don't have any problems with I get energized off that. I use that skill. I use my speaking skills. Um, I use my technology. I'm very tech savvy, which is why I have my podcast the way that it is. I created it all myself. That's a skill that I have. I designed my own logo, uh, created my own graphics. And um, it's because I'm already talented in that. So I'm using that to help me do what I love to do. And the way I want to be remembered uh, is a person that made your life better. So now when I wake up in the morning, it's easy for me to figure out what am I going to do with my life? Okay, I need to find something that's going to help me help people become successful. And it's going to allow me to use my speaking, my teaching, my graphic design, my creativity skills, my listening skills. What career or what business helps me do that, right? And then so it's easy. Well, obviously, it's a speaker. It's a coach. It's a mentor. So I created a business that's based on that. P 
people already had the information. What they don't have is someone to help them execute that information. That's what I do. Generally speaking, people know what to do, but they don't know how to actually do it. That's what I do. I help them do it. They tell me what they want, and I show them exactly how they can accomplish it. And I hold them accountable. That's the business that I've created, and it's very successful. Well, my wife is the same way. She has great skills in content creation because when she was in school, she went to college. She took a broadcasting course. She originally was going to become a broadcaster. And um, so she learned a lot of communication skills, a lot of content creation skills. Um, she is very creative. I'd say she's very gifted in that. She's very gifted in um, um, of finding different ways to reuse items, you know, zero waste and eco-friendly stuff. Anyways, she loves living a zero waste lifestyle. She loves helping people live that way. And um, so she created a business around that. She sells products that helps people live a zero waste lifestyle. And she's really successful at it. So if you really, if you love it that much and you really feel like you have to do it, then obviously you're going to have to maybe hire someone to do those things your weekend. But there's still skills that usually a person will have. I mean, that's what it's about. That's what the purpose is all about. That's what you're meant to do is you already love something. You take your gifts and your talents and you use that to help you do what you love. And you just keep in your mind how you want to be remembered. So the way you approach things are different. Why skip my question, though? I didn't see your question. Why would you assume I saw your question and skipped over it? Yeah, I didn't even see your question. What question? See, so again, we're talking about communication, right? So Forest Fire 85 is assuming, I told you assumptions are a mother effer. Forest Fire 85 is assuming that I purposely skipped over their question. Instead of just asking, hey, did you see my question? Right, so again, we do it to ourselves. You don't want to assume anything. When you're trying to communicate with people, don't assume anything. Just who, where, when, why, how. Like if, if you're trying to find out a solution, that's what you want to do. Exactly. We don't see. So again, Forest Fire 85, you're assuming I did that. But is, I guess let me put it to you this way. You may not be aware that TikTok often doesn't show all the questions. So when someone asks me a question, sometimes I don't see it. That's not me. That's TikTok. This thing is constantly glitching. Like my wife, she's in here right now. She'll see comments that I didn't see. Or I'll see comments that she didn't see. And as we can see, everybody's saying the same thing. Nobody saw your question. So if you were looking for a solution, you would just paste the question in here in the comments. Right? Let's see here. We're going to wrap this up. Um, thank you for explaining in an easy way to understand. You're very welcome. Your skills are tools for your purpose. Your skills are not necessarily your purpose. Exactly. 
you're supposed to develop your skills. You develop your talents by working on them, but you apply them to something. That's what you do. To something that you love to do. Okay. Well, Forest Fire, we'll just meet you, buddy, because clearly you're not looking for a solution. You know? And this is another thing about leadership. You got to know when to walk away, guys. Like, I don't waste time dealing with people who are not looking for my help. If they don't want my help, if they're not really looking for a solution, there's no point in trying to get them to do anything. You've got to just walk away. All right, let's see here. Yeah, it filters comments in every live. Exactly. So learning lesson for everybody involved. If, if I don't read it, chances are I probably didn't see it. And usually I'll say, like, if I'm going to skip a question, I'll say, hey, I'm going to skip this question here. And then that's what I do. All right, we're at the end here. So the five habits of an exceptional leader are what? The impression of increase. They lead people better off than they found them. Okay, that's one. Number two, they know how to communicate. They know how to ask questions. They know how to listen. Right? Number three, they have an amazing attitude. They don't get wrapped up or melt down. Uh, number four, they're intelligent followers. They know when to follow and when to lead. And number five, they make quick decisions. So which one are you going to work on? That's the question. Which one are you going to develop? That's what you want to take away from this podcast. So if you're looking, if you're wondering, all right, well, what's the action steps? Well, the action step is which habit are you going to develop? You are going to commit to this year and mastering. That's what you want to do. All right, guys. You know what time it is. Thank you for listening to the Devore Darkens Live podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to help you master your mindset so you can manifest more money, more freedom, and a better life. Remember, subscribe to the YouTube channel and follow me on Facebook, TikTok, and IG at Devore Darkens. Love you and take care. <laughs>